Thank you for joining the Life of an Average Joe podcast. I am your host, Brandon Navera, and I'd like to say welcome and thank you again for all the support and to all the platforms that are carrying the Life of an Average Joe podcast. You know, this is a very special one today. It's, it's something um, that we should never forget and that we should definitely talk about, I think, because it's definitely impacted us as a society as Americans, uh, individuals, we've all had different uh, experiences with this and we know where we were. Obviously, today is September 11th. And as you know, September 11th or 9-11, which, you know, you hear those numbers. Even looking at those numbers, when I see it's 9-11 a.m. or 9-11 at night, I think about what happened on that horrible, horrible morning. Um, I mean, it was just, it's just hard to imagine that it's been that long. I mean, here we are, 2020 right now, okay? And we're going through all kinds of stuff. I mean, we are going through, on a personal level, on a, as a country, as everything. And it was 19 years ago that the attacks on September 11th happened. And 19 years ago is, is really not that long. But a lot has happened in our lives in 19 years. I mean, think about where you were 19 years ago compared to where you are now. Think about how old you were 19 years ago compared to what you are now. And here we are on one of the anniversaries, I mean, 19 years of September 11th in the midst of COVID-19, a, a political warfare of nonsense going on. Um, we have a huge movement uh, against the police force as well as really we shouldn't say it's against the police force. That's, that's not fair for me to say. I mean, there is partial movement against the police force. But the reality is some justice, some acknowledgement, some changes um, for all the racial horrible things that have gone on, unfortunately, with some of the boys in blue. I say some because... It's not all of them, but that I'm getting off topic here, but we're going through this. I mean, we're going through what to me seems like a horrendous year of, of trials and stresses and, and uncertainty. But 19 years ago, it was just a normal day in September. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about where I was 19 years ago and uh, my feelings on it and uh, how we should never forget. Even though that is a slogan, a hashtag, a, a saying, it's true. And part of me thinks that we have forgotten in many ways. So, you know, I remember 19 years ago, so I'm 41 now. Do the math. I don't have to do it for you, uh, nor do I want to. And um, I remember 19 years ago, I was living in Michigan. Uh, I was in, uh, in Novi, Michigan, actually. And I had roommates. Um, it was me, a friend of mine, Toby, and Lee. Actually, long story, I ended up moving in with them in the same complex from a girl I was dating at the time. We split up, and I left the apartment, and I just moved into one of the buildings just down the street from me, or down the, the road, in the same complex with Toby and Lee, um, and my cat, Spoon. Yes, I named a cat Spoon. And cannoli, spoon and cannoli. No, I don't think cannoli was. Yeah, it was. Cannoli was around then. So a spoon and cannoli. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, there you go. He figures out where I'm thinking about food and dessert. Uh, 
But uh, I moved in with them, and at the time, I was going to get Spoon neutered. He was, it was time to get neutered. It was time to just get him taken care of. And the vet that I would go to that had been around for years was just, you know, five, six miles down the road. And I had an early appointment. So I got up in the morning, took a shower, turned on Howard Stern. I used to always listen to Howard Stern. This is before Sirius, before he got involved with Sirius. He was on regular radio. I believe at the time it was 97.1 in Michigan. It would be Howard Stern in the morning, then it'd go into like rock alternative, things like that. And I was listening to Howard Stern, and it was your typical Howard Stern show. You know, him and Robin, Baba Booey, all those guys just talking. I don't remember exactly what the, the premise of the show was. Um, I believe it was towards the end of the show. So Robin was doing the news, which could be, uh, you know, one of those process where it was a, a 20 minute news show or it turned into an extra hour based on whatever Howard felt like doing or, or interrupting that day. And I was driving down Grand River in Michigan. It's a big, you know, it's Grand River Avenue. You can take it all the way out to God, Grand Rapids or, or I should say uh, East Lansing. Um, and all the way to Detroit. Drive it to the river if you want. But I was driving down Grand River in Novi. Sunny day. Nothing particular. Just taking my cat to get neutered. Listening to Howard laughing. And I remember as I pulled in, they had talked about, hey, something's going on at the Trade Center. This is what's happening. You know, we, we're not sure, but there's an accident or or they said there's a plane crash or there's a fire in the building. Like there's all this misinformation and these guys are in New York and they're getting this information at the time. I mean, the Howard Stern show wasn't interrupted. Obviously cell phones weren't as big 19 years ago, or at least as uh, high tech as they were now. I mean, you could get news updates and you could text, but I mean, we didn't have the iPhone. I think I had a Verizon. It wasn't a flip phone. I know I could text and you could get news alerts, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything like it is now. I mean, almost instantly now, somebody's got a video of something. The text is coming through. I mean, you hear about it from 50,000 people before the news even shows it. That, that was not the case. So Howard was talking about it, and, and, and I remember Baba Booey interrupted the news, and he was, you know, Howard was giving him a hard time for that. And he said, hey, look, what's going on? And I'm like, well, we think there's a fire. You know, we're not sure. And Howard's like, well, well, you know, what the hell do you know? He's like, you got to figure it out. I mean, I'm, I'm sure something stupid is going on. Make sure you get the news, you know, he was, you know, get the proper information. And he was giving him a hard time. So I walked into the vet's office and they had TVs on, morning shows, news, things like that. I was not in the vet's office very long. I mean, at all. Dropped the cat off. They told me I'd pick him up later that day. Unless they had to keep him overnight, but most likely I'd pick him up later that evening or later after that afternoon. That was hard on me. I had a hard time leaving my cat. I love Spoon. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I worry about everything. And I got back in the car, turned on Howard Stern again. Not just to hear what happened at the World Trade Center. I mean, I was curious. But really just to finish listening to Howard Stern because the way that they talked about it in the beginning, they never... There was not like a sense of urgency. There was just like, oh, something happened. We'll find out. I was curious, but I wasn't, I would have never guessed what was coming next. So as I'm driving back down Grand River to go home, he interrupts him again, Baba Booey does, and says, look, a plane hit the building. 
And Howard's like, what do you mean a plane hit the building? Like, like what? Like, like, like clipped it, knocked off, you know, what? And they're like, no, like a plane crashed into it. He's like, there's no way a plane crashed. And he's like, it had to be one of those little planes. And Howard started making fun. You know, some rich guy on a plane trying to fly. One of these little pond jumpers and acted an idiot or was drinking or, and then he's like, I don't know. And then Howard's like, you know, they were looking out the window to try to see and they, they couldn't really see anything. And I, from what I'm gathering, again, I've never been there, so I don't know where Howard's studio was, but they were saying that you should be able to see something. Well, then calls started coming in. Yeah, we're down here. It looks like there's there's fire coming out of one side of the buildings. We're not sure what's going on, you know? And, and you know, everybody's got misinformation. And Howard's like, I don't know, man. If there's a big fire, I mean, you don't you don't miss a building like that. Like you don't you don't just crash a plane into a building unless unless you're doing it on purpose. And Baba Booey was like, Howard, you know, nobody's doing it on purpose. And they went back and forth. Howard's like, I don't know, man. Something's going on here. This if this is a plane that hit the building and it's it's that big of what this guy's saying on the phone and what people are calling in, that's a problem. Like that's serious. And they kind of got away from what the show is. You know, I've never once said that Howard's fake. But he does have that certain image of the show. And I, I know it's an extension of who his personality is, but it is a lot of it for the show. You kind of tune it, you know, you, you not tune it up, but you turn it up when you're that character on a very famous show like that. So I was listening to Howard and I, I, I noticed these little changes in his voice. And I'm listening to him. And I, I was not far from the, the vet's office. So I got home pretty fast. And I sat in my car for a minute. I'm like, I'm not leaving until they go on commercial break because I'm intrigued. Well, by that time, they said, oh, my God, something else happened. And it, calls were coming in. And they said, there's been another plane that hit. And Howard immediately had said, we're under attack. We are under attack. This is what we're under attack. This is not good. And they're like, no, you can't say that. He's like, yes, I can. And I know who it is. It's, it's, it's those people in the Middle East. They did it. They were under attack. This has been coming. And he's amped up. And Baba Booey's saying no. Robin's saying this is not right. I mean, Gary's like, yeah, man. Or um, uh, not Gary. Fred's like, I don't know. Howard, I'm with you. This is a problem. And they're like, I can see smoke. I can see smoke. People are calling. People are coming in the building. And then, bam, it just, it, it, the video footage is coming in. And everything stopped and changed. The tone of the show went to real human beings that were scared. People that were there to entertain were done entertaining. And they're in a building, too. They don't know what's going on. They're in a big building in, in New York where they can see smoke coming from the World Trade Center. And they start to sit there and panic on live radio. They didn't cut it. They didn't end it. And I remember Howard saying, we're not going anywhere. Now, here is 97.1 in Michigan, an affiliate, but they didn't interrupt it either. They let Howard continue. And 
they were taking calls from everybody. I mean, I heard calls from people crying on the phone. I can't get through. You know, my husband works there. My wife works there. I'm just down the street at this bakery. There's clouds of smoke everywhere. People, you know, ambulances are everywhere. There's people crying. I mean, just the most panic that you could ever happen or could think of. I mean, take a movie scene. If you weren't around for September 11th and you were that young, that's crazy. It makes me feel really old. But if you can't remember it, think about those disaster movies. Think about the apocalypse movies and that scene where all of a sudden something happens and it's mass hysteria and amplify that by about 100. And that was the vibe that was coming through on the Howard Stern Show. As I speak now, I get chills. I can feel it. I can feel my arm hair sticking up. I I remember sitting in my Dodge Neon at the time. Stick shift, mind you. Dodge Neon in front of my apartment. Not wanting to leave the car. Not wanting to miss a second of it. You know, I couldn't just put it on my phone and walk inside. I would have missed something. And I stayed there and I stayed there listening. At the time, I smoked cigarettes. I remember smoking cigarettes. And... I'm just listening and I'm hearing Howard saying, what are we, we are under attack. This is an attack against the United States of America and this, there's more coming. And it was almost like, as soon as he said, there's more coming, they announced that the Pentagon had been attacked. They announced that there had been a down plane in Pennsylvania and then it was just, it, it was chaos phone calls coming in. Howard was trying to send people in the streets to look to see what they could see. And it, I mean, Howard was saying from his people in the streets that there are jet fighters in the air already. And that it's mass hysteria in the streets. Like everybody was outside. So here's New York City, busy as it is. And everybody's outside of work, outside. I mean, this is a normal business day. This isn't a a holiday and everybody's in the streets. Cars are stopped and parked in the middle of New York City, looking up at the jet fighters in the sky, looking up over at the smoke. Everybody, ambulances, police, firefighters, all going towards the World Trade Center. Howard was on for another hour and a half after that. I was outside in my car listening for an hour and a half, standing outside. I almost smoked a whole pack of cigarettes. I was scared and I was stressed out and I shut it off because Howard went off the air and I don't even remember how he did it. It wasn't a, I'm signing off. I remember him saying, God bless everybody. And he's not a big God guy. And I remember him saying, guys, you know, just be, just let's, you know, pray. He said, let's pray. That's what it was. He said, God bless everybody and pray. And even though Howard was born Jewish, he's not very, religious in any way. He's openly admitted that um, to a degree. And I remember him saying that and going, wow, this is so much more serious than even I can imagine. And I pretty much imagine the end of the world or at least World War III because who knew? And then I went inside and I turned on TV and every single station had something on about it. I mean, news. I mean, unless you were on like HBO or something, it was news. Every news outlet, live from New York, this, that. And I saw the smoke 
and they showed the images of people just covered in burnt ash, running down the streets, papers out of the building. And I remember looking up on the video, seeing people jumping out of the building, trapped and jumping. Some of them probably fell because they were trying to avoid the smoke. I don't believe that all of them committed suicide. But there were people jumping like this is over. I'm, I, I don't want to be in this building and have a collapse on me or, or burn. I'm jumping out of the World Trade Center. On, on live TV, I'm witnessing people die. This is not a movie. It's not a video game. It's not a story. This is not another country. This is America. It's the Big Apple. This is New York City. And I'm watching these buildings burn. And then I watched it crumble down to the ground. And as it fell, I could feel my heart. My heart just shot down into my gut. Like, a, like an elevator. Going too fast or a roller coaster. And I sat on the floor. And I was, I was like in awe. I, I was almost numb. I had no idea... What I was witnessing, watching that building collapse the way it did, did not seem real to me. And then watching the other tower go and hearing people cry and hearing people yell. And I just thought about all those lives. And then they zoomed to the Pentagon or they showed the Pentagon and the way the Pentagon, I mean, you're talking about a, you know, an intense security, secured building and the layout of it is very specific but even then, that looks scary. And then they showed the down wreckage in the middle of a field in Pennsylvania. And everything was coming in. The rumor mill, the, the false information, the scared information about flights, multiple flights heading to, to Chicago, Detroit. You know. And then it, it was all flights are grounded. And it was one of those things that, you know, all day... I sat there and you, you don't really realize how many planes you see in the sky on a daily basis because, you know, you're so used to seeing the streaks or just kind of seeing them in the sky or the lights. You don't realize it until there's no planes in the sky. And finally, my buddy Toby and Lee got home and we, we, we were drinking beer on the patio. Spoon was back from his, uh, his snippage resting and we're sitting there looking at the sky and Lee's like, man, there's nothing here. And the only planes that we did see were jets, military jets. Because of the multiple Air Force bases in, in, in Michigan and how close we are to Canada, we saw them flying in the sky. And I said, this is something that we read about in history books or we see in movies or that happens in another country, not here in the United States. And... It was so eerie because everybody was outside. People were just either tuned to the TV or sitting outside. I mean, we talked to so many people that day about what's going on and, and going to war. And we didn't even know really what yet, where, what war we were going to. They hadn't announced anything yet as far as who did it. And then it came out, Osama bin Laden. A name to this day that will resonate, resonate, excuse me, with evil. That'll sit in your head. And every time you think about him, you can picture exactly what he looks like. You can picture 
his videos in the caves, him walking, what he started, where he came from. And you knew that he was, I mean, he was public enemy number one. And you could feel the anger and the hatred towards this man for what he did to our country. And those people that were innocent and what his plans could be moving forward. How far was this going to go? All these questions sat with every one of us, every United States citizen, every human being, black, white, uh, Asian, woman, man, gay, straight, didn't matter. We all thought about this. Where where are we going to go from here? What are we going to do? Is it going to happen again? Is he in our country? Are there more cells in our country? That's when we started to hear the term come around a lot, these sleeper cells. I mean, we knew about it, but those terms became part of our everyday speech and definitely became part of the media. It didn't take long for our president, George Bush, to come out and talk. Probably one of the best speeches ever in in my lifetime. But what happened at that moment when, when those towers went down and we were attacked as a society, as a country, as human beings, you could feel it in the air everywhere we went. The American flag was out. And it might be not to its fullest. It might be wounded, scarred, and at half-mast. But the flags were out. Flags were in cars, flags were in neighbors' yards, flags were on, on buildings that I'd never seen a flag on before. They were in windows. I saw homeless people, homeless people carrying the United States flag. Here are guys that, that don't have a home, that, that don't have anything, that, that what they carry is what they have. Obviously falling on hard times, obviously not experiencing the best of their life, are, are carrying the flag with pride. The borders were closed. We were, we were hunkering down and preparing for something. Were we going to get another situation like 9-11 or Pearl Harbor? Was that coming? Was it already planned? I mean, we didn't know. My work shut down for two days. And after that, we had a meeting and they were prepared to close again based on what was going to happen. Everybody knew we were going to some sort of war. But the question was, was the war going to come to us again or are we going to go root out these cockroaches? Well, what happened next is something that we should really remember. The entire country... Every citizen, every state, every town, every city, no big, no matter how big or how small, came together. We were the United States of America. We, the people, were ready for this country to do what it has to do, to help each other out, to help New York out. We were New York. I remember I had that t-shirt that said, we are New York. We are the United States. We were ready to do our part, whether that was 
send troops, send money, supplies, donate blood, send the police, send whatever doctors, whatever we had to do, we were committed to rebuilding New York, taking care of New York, and rebuilding the United States of America because this was not just an attack on New York. This was an attack on the United States of America. This was a cowardly, violent attack on innocent people to make a statement on how a group of people feels about us. I say feels because they still feel that way. This was an attack that came out of nowhere, although we let our guard down and got comfortable. That's what happens. You get too comfortable, that's when usually they strike. And it happened. This was a sucker punch to not just New York, but to everybody in the United States of America. And if that didn't pull out your pride, if that didn't make you say, this is my country, I won't stand for this anymore, then you really shouldn't be here in the first place. Unfortunately, or not unfortunately, I should say, fortunately, everybody felt that way. Every politician, the Democrats, the Republicans, the third party, fourth party, the no-name party, they were all on the same page. Which is why we had a worldwide coalition ready to go to Afghanistan and stomp this man and anybody who followed him into the ground. You mess with our country, you can mess with other countries. You come into our backyard and knock down our buildings, we're going to knock your country down. And we were hyped up and together and supporting each other across the aisle, across the world. We were truly one nation under God. We were truly supporting everybody that was involved with it and everybody that just was here from those born to those not born. This was fighting for our freedom, fighting for our rights. Somebody came in and torched us and we were not going to stand for it anymore. And it was one of the most amazing feelings to see. I have never in my 41 years felt that way about our country. I'm not saying me personally. I'm saying everybody. I've never seen the unity. I've never seen us stand together in arms, proud and ready to do what was right for our country. I've never seen it except for then in 2001. And it didn't just last a couple minutes and the story moved on. This lasted a while, a long while. All the way up till when we got Obama. I got Obama. I can't believe that. Got Osama and Obama told us. I remember sitting there and Obama came in. He interrupted whatever show I was watching. I was mad. I think it was wrestling. I was mad. What was he doing? I don't care. And came in and, and said, you know, I just got the phone to George Bush. And on such and such time, Osama bin Laden's dead. Dude, I was here in Texas when I found that out. I had just moved here. I got up. I cheers. I was so excited. 
Oh my gosh, it was the greatest thing ever. And we, in that country felt united again. It was like a sigh of relief. We got him. We got him. That son of a, we got him. And the country was still united. 9-11 should never be forgotten. It should be taught in schools to kids that weren't around. When Luke gets into school, he should learn about 9-11. It should not be a forgotten act. It is the biggest terrorist attack on our soil in history. Foreign terrorist attack, I guess you could say. Not including our own homegrown terrorist attack or terrorists that are out there. But it's the biggest deal. I mean, this is, yes, there's Pearl Harbor and things like that. That was a war. But this is history. And I've never experienced anything like that again. Yes, there's been bombing since, and, and I'm not putting those down at all. But this alone is something that should be in the history books. Our kids should not know about, should not be blinded by 9-11. They should be aware of it. They shouldn't be ignorant when it comes to it. We should never forget, and we should make sure that generations never forget. But not just forget what happened and who was responsible and what we did. They should never forget the unity we had under our flag. They should never forget that it didn't matter if you were rich or poor, you were American and you stood by each other. That if you were black and black or white, it didn't matter. This was your country. That if you were male or female, it didn't matter. Republican or Democrat, didn't matter. And that is a lesson that needs to be taught in, in so many ways for the people that lost their lives on 9-11, in the towers, in the Pentagon, on the plane, on United 93, Flight 93. The people that went over to seas that are still there in Afghanistan, But not just that, they should know how we came together as a country and a society and a human race, that we set down any grudges, any beefs, any problems we had with, with anybody and said, forget it, you are American and I am with you. Matter of fact, I threw a party called the Suck It Osama Bin Laden Party where we raised money for the Red Cross. Yes, there was a lot of drinking. Yes, I may have had Osama bin Laden's picture on a dartboard. That is true. We did a drinking game about how to kill Osama bin Laden. I mean, I wasn't exactly, you know, I was 19 years ago. I was very young. Don't judge my lifestyle. Um, but we raised money. It was awesome. Um, but we need to talk about that. Everybody did their part. Donations, everything. But the underline in that evil was the glow of positivity in what we did as a society. And right now, more than ever in 2020, it's the opposite of that. We are torn apart. We are pulled so far apart as a society. At the beginning of this pandemic, I saw a lot of really cool things with people. Helping each other, caring for each other. When that crazy toilet paper crisis happened and everybody decided to hoard it, I remember I was in a group 
on Facebook for a local city. I won't say which one. And they would post things on there, you know, just about the city. And somebody posted, hey, you know, I've got a sick husband at home. I can't leave the house. I I need toilet paper. I haven't been able to find any. I was going to the store and I got word that Dollar General had toilet paper. So I was going to get some for me if I could. I didn't really need it. I was getting low, but I was just going to buy, you know, a four pack for myself. But if I didn't, if I couldn't get it for myself, it was not a big deal. But I wanted to go get it for this lady. So I stopped into the store and I picked, you know, they had it. Well, their Apple Pay wasn't working. In my forgetfulness, in my old age, I forgot my wallet at home. So I just said, okay, forget it. I, I got to go. I felt bad. Not for me. Because like I said, I had some. And I was not a hoarder. But I knew that somebody, it, you know, needed it. And if I could spend, you know, the five bucks on this toilet paper and drop it off at this lady's front door, then I did something good. Well, as I was leaving, I heard this woman say, hey, you. And I turned around. She had three things of toilet paper. They let her buy all three. She gave me two and said, here you go. And I said, well, I only needed one. She said, no, but you were going to buy two. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. You have no idea. I'm only bu- I really only came here to buy this for this lady that I saw in the colony. I just said the name of the group, whatever. The colony, uh, the colony chatter. And uh, <laughs> oops, um, the colony chatter. And I just wanted to give it to her. Well, this lady said, you know what's funny is I'm buying for my neighbor who broke their leg and they can't get out right now. She's like, pay it forward. And that's what it was all about. We were helping each other. I mean, I could tell you endless stories of that in the beginning of this. Unfortunately, what happened was as time went on, as the, the, the evil side of human nature begun to grow, that's what spread. The frustrations of wearing a mask and the political side of everything, the anti-Trump, the pro-Trump, the anti-Democrat, the pro-Democrat, the Pelosi this, the, the you know, like just the nonstop. And then, of course, everything happened with, is happening with the police and the, and the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm stuttering a lot today because I'm excited. The Black Lives Matter movement, which I'm not against. Trust me. I'm against idiots that use that to cause problems, but I'm not against the movement. I'm for it. I support that. I have, I ha, I have black friends and I hate to even say that because I don't view them that way. They are my friends. I have friends that just happen to be black. I don't go, oh yeah, I've got this many black friends. No, I've got friends that just happen to be black and I could care less what color they are. They're my friends. I love them and I'll fight for them. Trust me. Just ask them. I'm a feisty guy. But you had that happen. Then you've had that kind of fester. And then you've had the cancer of the, the, the riots. And I say that because that is not the protesters. That's a different animal. Then you've had fires and you've had this and unemployment and Trump said this. And I just, everybody's getting pulled away instead of being pulled together. And this is one of those moments, this is a year that we should be buying toilet paper for people, that we should be helping the neighbor out. You know, love thy neighbor. You love thy neighbor even if you don't like them because we don't get to pick our neighbors. 
I'm not talking about the neighbor that you go and have a drink with or the neighbor that you're you're hanging out with or you go to the pool with. I'm not talking about I'm talking about everybody out there, man. And it's hard. It's hard to love people that are despicable. But we as a society have to come together because the media, social media, politicians on both sides, Twitter, and everything else that 2020 is throwing at us is tearing us apart and we are getting separate. We have to look at 9-11 as not only a horrible act of violence, but as a lesson of unity and to come together. We are the United States of America. We the people are the United States of America. That's why we have the United States of America. It's not Nancy Pelosi. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Pence. It's not Governor Abbott. It's none of those people. It's us. If the politicians and our government won't unite us and aren't trying to unite us, we have to unite ourselves. If we are going to Ignore 9-11 for news media of something stupid that somebody said on Twitter. That should be the wake-up call that we need to remember 9-11 in our own way. There's a lot of brave men and women out there that died because of this. People lost their families, their loved ones. We can't let that go in vain. We can't fail as a country. We need to rise up. Arm in arm. Because we all are. All of us are brothers and sisters. And I don't care what color you are. You're my brother. You're my sister. I love you guys. We can't have this country fail. Do not forget 9-11. Look at the, the wonderful peace and happiness and love. And I know that sounds weird that came and followed after that. Yes, it's tragic. Yes, it's horrible. It's disgusting. It's scary. But we show just how strong this country is and how strong a human, as human beings are, Americans are. So before you post that comment on Twitter because you don't like what that person said, think twice. Is that really going to help you out at all? Is it really going to gain you anything by commenting on that? Do you really want to get into a social media war with people that are also full of anger and hate and, and scared and blind that they can't have a normal conversation? No. Don't make 9-11 political. Make it human because that's what it was. Human lives were lost and humanity showed that we will prevail. Don't let 2020 take your humanity away. Don't let the politics take your humanity away. Don't let the current president or any president take your humanity away. 9-11 was important. Don't forget it. Take a minute from now till Friday. It is Friday. Today, tomorrow, and do something to pause and think about that moment. Think about where you were at. Think about what you were doing. 
Think about what it meant to you and think about the feelings you saw across this country and this city even when 9-11 happened. I know what I felt back in Michigan. I know what I felt amongst my friends back home. Think about where you were. That's all I got to say, folks. I really appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, the Life of an Average Joe podcast on a very special 9-11 show, I guess you could say. Uh, We'll be back for some more. Season two's coming up. Super excited about season two. My first one, I've got something really cool planned. Uh, A good, a great special guest on for that. So looking forward to that. Uh, Thank you to Anchor and Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow Please follow my podcast on any of your favorite platforms. Share it. If you think somebody might be interested in it and you're not, share it anyway. If you don't like it, tell me about it. Comment. uh, Send me an email. If you know me well enough, send me a text. If you think I could be doing something better, let me know. If you think there's uh, another topic you'd like to hear, let me know. But uh, I am signing off from the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Don't forget to check out ToyCarsOnTheNightstand.com as well. Uh, Read all my latest blogs and my adventures with Luke and crazy things that dads do. Thank you again. Be safe out there. Love each other.